seen it time and time again at Suncorp Stadium. Two late goals to come from behind and win a dramatic A-League game. But you know what? Being on the other side flat out sucks. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review for another week. It's James Scott and Adam here for the DFS Fan Network, ready to look back at a week that was supposed to be much less dramatic than last time. <laughs> but we talk about the Raw. How are we, guys? Yeah, look, uh, all things considered, a little frustrated, but, you know, look, it's a new week and... Yeah, Scott? Yeah, that sucked on Friday, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see why a lot of teams really don't like the Raw. <laughs> yeah. It's really like a kick in the nuts. Yeah, it's not a great feeling to can be we, on the receiving yeah, end. Can we go back to where we did that to other teams? That was great. Well, I'm sure they'll get their chance. Let's talk about that game Friday night, hey? Yeah. <laughs> you can feel the optimism just flowing through your headphones right now. Okay, so Suncorp Stadium, Friday night, start of round two of the A-League. Adelaide won 2-1 over, over Brisbane Raw. Mm-hmm. Scott, first word that pops into your head when you think of that? Mixed bag. It was. I mean, the first 60 minutes were excellent. And then after that, you could see noticeably the game changed completely. Oh, Adam, look, you were watching it at home, weren't you? Yeah. I, I was. And, um, yeah, look, I I thought, like I said, you can't really complain about the first look, 60 minutes or so. But after that, the I guess the... The fall away. Look, it's it's one of those things where a you can look at it from one side and say, you know what, well done, Adelaide United. It was spot. They could have been they could have been down three nil if it wasn't for a few instances. And they and for them to fight fight back and eventually sort of you know run over the yeah. top. And gotta you know say, Johan Obslonson's goal was you know was brilliant. It was yeah. excellent. It, it was, was a great strike and. and Bit of comedy capers in the defending to lead up to it, though. Yeah, but they said he wouldn't expect them to. You know, like I said, only a handful of players in this league would have the audacity to even try and not put it into the into the garden bar. So, look, you know, that. But you know, but then again, you can't ignore the fact that you know the raw did drop off um, dramatically. You know, in that last six minutes, I think three minutes. That's the problem. I think. All right, so let's go right back to the start, then yep. work through the game. Let's work through the good stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so with the team selection, we were talking about it before the game. And there was a little bit of an interesting lineup where it turns out Jade North was playing right right back in, yeah. case, in place of Jack Hingert. I still don't quite understand the logic behind that, but it worked quite well. Well, my working and just in terms on, of the fact it added well, more. Well, I was going to say working theory. I compared the benefit of being at home watching the game was that John Alawisi was actually asked that question. Well, like, actually, he wasn't even asked that question. He actually you know, volunteered the information in, in his uh, pre-game with the, with the boys on Fox Sports, and basically it was actually more to do with trying to nullify Absalonson in that. In, down that left-hand side, so he, it's it's it, to me it's it's a bit it's a bit now weird because you shouldn't be worrying about your particularly your at home. Rather you shouldn't than, be worrying yeah, about the rather than trying to nullify. And that's that's obviously they they've got great respect for him, but you know to to mm. play your three play three centre backs and you know, and and to take out a natural right back in Jack Hingert. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of left scratching my head. And no, Hingert did also you could notice it going forward as well. Jade North yes. didn't get forward anywhere near as much as Jack Hingert would. But my working theory on that about the balance of the team was that, as Aloisi said pre-game, add more defensive cover, which, truthfully, in the absence of Thomas Christensen, they needed. Because like, if you look at it from just purely a numbers perspective, normally you'd find that 
the two centre-backs, be it Devere, Papadopoulos, North, whatever two of them are playing, two, like they'll stay back and the defensive midfielder, which, yeah. you know, Christensen or going back, Pardalou, would sit a lot deeper. So you've always got those three guys sitting back. And the midfield duo of Mackay and Coletti didn't really offer that as a strength. They're both much stronger going forward in attack. So rather than tell one of them to stay behind, let them play to their strength and ask Jack, uh, Jade North to stay back. I think we're, what we're seeing is we're seeing a real absence of, you know, this is where we're missing Thomas Christensen, Badly, the absence yeah. of that, that classic screening number six. You know, we, you know, throughout the history of the Raw, we've always had, you know, that. And even, even, you know, when, even when sort of, you know, they've been absent through injury or suspension work, there's always been that screening number six. But at the, but at the moment, um, yeah, there is none of that. And, and I think the defence is left rather exposed. That's fair. Yeah. All right, so... The other fullback, Corey Brown, he had a super cross to yeah. help uh, Massimo Macaroni open the scoring. That was a great pull, was That made the goal really. I mean, Macaroni, he could hardly miss from there. Yeah, exactly. Like it was very hard to miss, and he somehow managed to find. Like he hit it hard enough that even though the goalie did get a touch on it, he managed to push it up into the roof of the net instead of to the side or whatever. And Look, I quite like that. It was a well-taken goal, I think. You know, I think you know, that's, that's what you want to see, those sort of goals and taking those opportunities from our marquee striker. And, you know, and like I said, it's you know, it, it's good signs, that, but it also shows that he'd be very reliant on the service he gets to actually to score goals. And from our post-match fan camps, thank you everyone that participated, yeah. by the way. We'll be back on Sunday. Uh, you know, there was, seemed to be a bit of a pleasant surprise about how Macaroni looked, yeah. especially compared to that first game where... There were some questions yeah. about what he could do, but I thought he was excellent. It's not here. just the goal either. He had a great chance in the second half, which I saw on the post game. He said he should have scored himself. Yeah, that's which would have again changed the game completely. But he did have a good game. I but if you look decent. at what he offers, you feel like he, okay, he's not the same sort of striker as McLaren. He's definitely not as fast, and definitely not as good at making that run yeah. off the defender's shoulder. But he's much bigger, he's much stronger, and he's much better suited to those sorts of crosses that they played in for Jamie McLaren last year. And that's the thing year. they have to work out how to play with him better because he's more of a hold the ball up and bring other players into the game striker. He's Which not the one on do. the counter attack who's going to make those runs in behind because he just hasn't got the pace to do that. No, but like he could hold his own a little bit from yeah. time to time. You wouldn't ask him to make 20, 30 no. of those runs a game, but once or twice, mm. sure. All right, so you've got to keep going. Uh, one thing I noticed from where I was sitting was... The defensive group, especially, they stayed very tight and left Adelaide quite a lot of space on either flank. So if the ball was right over on one sideline, they'd essentially be leaving the far half of the field open. Mm-hmm. And when it was coming through the middle, nobody was going wider than the 18-yard box. So they were compact. Yeah. Yeah. So there seemed to be a lot more of a focus on, let's just hold off at the back. Yeah. And one thing that did sort of stand out to me, Fahid Ben Kalfala, his set-piece delivery was excellent, I thought. Like, there was that run where they had about three corners in a row. He had two to the near post, which, you know, the beat of sweat differently in their goals. Uh, I think it's in the first couple of minutes, so those corners. And, and that's something we don't, haven't seen for a while from the Raw, are those co- those corners actually going into the box. Mm. I've always been used to the the, the broach, you know, cor- like the short corners and whatnot. Yeah, so or the ones some, that got intercepted at the near post. Yeah, which, which, is, <laughs> yeah. which is something different. But I think we've actually got, you know, a... You know, corner taker in Ben Kalfala who can actually sort of you know, put in there and actually feed the likes of De Vere and Papadopoulos. And I think that was also perhaps another reason why that selection of having Papadopoulos and De Vere in there was it was a try and you know, uh, you know, out muscle Adelaide in the air. Did De Vere, did um, pa- for he take the free kicks for victory? Does anyone remember? 
I think I he would have taken a few yeah. here and there for sure. I have a feeling he would have done. I think Rojas was as well, wasn't he? He was involved in a lot of them. Yeah, but Ben Calfell was there for yeah. a few years and they had different options. Yeah. So he, he's got that ability. Well, he had a couple of free kicks, which I would have liked to have seen him do better at. But he, again, it's a start. And I thought the corners were good. You're right about the corners. Yeah, especially those sort of driven near post yeah. ones that sort of the guy meeting it essentially just has to point it in the right direction. Um, but overall, yeah, like the first half saw Joe Coletti, Avram Papadopoulos, they looked much more confident and assured this time to me. Yeah, they did. Then came half time, and Scott, I'm going to leave this to you. Nicholas D'Agostino <sighs> had a double chance. <sighs> You've got to single this out, haven't you? It was a you can moment. mention that, and I can mention Scopettis' one-on-one. And look, there's, well, there were chances that they could have and probably should have scored to Adam's point. Well, as I kill said, the game off. As but. I said, you know, like Scopettis, you're right, should have the two-on-one. Look, and, and give credit to Paulizzo, he did well to yeah. close it down. But those, that, but those goals was the goals that Scopettis was scoring pre-season. Yeah. So, sort of, I don't know what happened there. Look, and, and we don't, we don't want to get too, you know, down on him. But hmm. also as well, and, and same with Diagostino. If he yeah. scores, it's 3-0, it's game over. Yeah. And we're not, we're not talking about you know, what is about to come. You're right, it is a bad miss. And it wasn't his night on, Saturday, on Friday night. But I'd caution people to start writing him off. He's a young player playing in an unfamiliar position. Yes. He will be back. Well, that's yeah. the one thing I think you really can say sort of working in his favour was, yeah, okay, it wasn't his best performance, yeah. but it, he was still learning the number 10 yeah. role. And eventually, he was replaced by Brett Holman. And that's a good point, because he also knew, would have known going into the game, he's got about 60 minutes to make an impact, and then he knows he's going to be subbed for Brett Holman, basically. And look, again, looking forward, I know it's very glass half full, I'll admit to that, but you look at the competition for places there, there would be a lot of pressure on guys like D'Agostino yeah. and Scopettis to yep. make sure that Absolutely. they show why they belong. Yeah. Because well, even Holman is, he, Holman is your number 10, and, and that's the thing, is that I think... D'Agostino need to need to show something. Look, he did show in, the, in his two games, or I guess one three quarter games. Yeah, he did show glimpses. It's just his execution wasn't there. But you remember, he's a he's a young guy. He's gonna learn. He's gonna he's gonna get better over time. And yeah, like I said, it doesn't help people just bagging him for missing. You know what seems like a you know what, what we would say considering you know, a chance that should have been taken. But you know, it's something yeah. I'd struggle to score on FIFA to be honest. But yeah, <laughs> but, yeah like that sort of competition places. You hope it will spur everybody involved into playing better than what they're sitting at right now. All right, so just looking through my notes from the game, you had Luke Devitt had a big block in the 76th minute. I think he was a header that he flicked over the bar. I think so, yeah. This yeah. was right in the point where Adelaide were right on top and yeah. really pushing on for the So that final half hour, 20 minutes, half an hour, you really yeah. saw the raw start to fade badly. It was... a it wasn't actually all that hot on Friday night. No, it it wasn't. was just damn unpleasant. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 80, 90% humidity. And I, you mm-hmm. were sweating just walking to go get a drink. Were you? Well, <laughs> you know, well, that's just because I'm, you know, weird like that. Yeah. Anyway, but you know what I mean? Like, it w- wasn't great playing conditions. I think that's the best way to sum it up. Yeah, like I said, the rain, the humidity because there's rain in the air, the threat, I guess the threat of rain. It's definitely yeah. rained since, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, look, I might not stop but, at this rate. Yeah, but um, look, I think that the turning point of the game was that that Diagostino double miss because you see from there Adelaide almost gained some confidence, thinking, "Wow, we're we're still in this, we're still in this," and you know they and they they pushed forward and they eventually came from the change. It was a substitution that saw Ryan Kiddo come on that you know that finally broke the sort of they got them level again. The Roy only had one more chance after that Diagostino miss. It was the Macaron half chance mm. that he thinks he should have scored, but. 
That's the only other chance I had after that. And I noticed, like, from there, you know, you felt like they were getting a little bit tired and yeah. not really able to. Not just one or two, the whole yeah. team looked very tired That's the last right. half an hour. Um, then there was that 80th minute incident. Now, in stadium, you don't get as much as you might on TV in terms of mm. explanations. Adam, can you talk us through what you saw, please? Well, yeah, it's, it's a it's a hard one. It's a, it's yeah, like if, I guess look at the end of the day, I think it was the right call. But you, know, you can all, you can make an argument beat the side of that. But yeah, look, I think so got, what actually happened because I honestly didn't see it. I'm actually putting me on the spot here because <laughs> there was uh, VAR, I've heard it? there was like a yeah. push or a, push something from Jade yeah. North. That's there good. was speculation that Jade North might have yeah. done a red card offence, but evidently not. Yeah, Look, they no, don't really I, show you that much on yeah. the VAR on the replay at the stadium, do they? No. It's like a couple of angles, but they cut away from it all you the time. You get more than mm. you do when the AFC is controlling the replay. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> but like that mm. delay, I suppose that's kind of where I'm going yeah. with this. That delay really did sort of, I feel, impact the Raw's momentum. Yeah, they were still kind of somewhat dangerous in trying to get forward in the counter-attack before that, but afterwards it was... Yeah. They really didn't have much after that. And then two goals from Adelaide... Second one, not much you can really do no. about that. That was just a phenomenal strike, and you've got could to give credit. the ball. We well, could have, but... Yeah. I mean, like, once he yeah. had the ball at his feet. Yeah. But from that, as I said, from that angle, very few players you'd think you know, would actually would go. They'd probably try and cut it back or whatnot, and he, he went for it. Look, you know, whether it was a fluke or not, look, well, who knows? That's but, where being a new player in the league helps him. People would, would not have expected yeah. that from him. You, being a new player in the league, you might have had people wondering, is he left-footed or right footed? <laughs> yeah. But like it was, a, it was a stunning strike, and you know, it's, at the end of the day, you, you know, it's, I know a lot of people are very, are very, very quick to sort of you know to look for excuses, and you know, and and or you know, sort of offer excuses in a way, and you know, and sort of really bag, look for you know stuff like you know, oh, fitness and whatnot. But at the end of the day, sometimes in in second minute, and a player produces that, you just gotta say, you know what, you get beat. You know, mm-hmm. for all, and as, as we as we mm-hmm. alluded at the top of the show. It's not like that Raw hasn't done that before. Now, and then you got Royal fans thinking, how the hell did they do that? Mm. It's just one of those things, you know. And look, it's, it's round two. You know, this whole, you know, I guess you know, with all everything that's going else on, it might, might factor in. But at the end of the day, we just got to say, we, 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 we lost. We move on. Yeah. Mm. All right, so overall, we'll just get some quick overall thoughts and then call it wrap to segment one. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was... Much better performance than what we saw in round one. Plenty of signs for opt- optimism, but still not a complete 90-minute effort for me. Yeah, we need to talk about the fitness issues. I think it's a big topic. I mean, to fade out after 60 minutes at home is not good. I mean, it's not just one or two players either. It's three and yeah, four. And that's the thing. I'm not sure that can be fixed by Sunday either. I think that's going to be a two or a three but or four-week thing to fix. That's the problem. For that. Go up by four at halftime. Yeah. Well, that's true. Gotta, that's <laughs> true. The thing, the thing is about the fitness question is that, you know... Is is that more? Is it early season? Because I said I'm not buying raw, that. Raw, yeah, no, I'm raw, not buying that. They've had the three months the only... in preseason to get this right. They should have been yeah, much but... further along than they were by round two. And I don't it's buy not the round one. It's round two. Like, Neither do I because it, yeah. Adelaide had Matt Moore out injured, that Elridge out, and Jordan Elsey played 90 minutes for the first time in 18 months after an ACL injury and looked great. Actually, and so I'm seeing... not buying this injury stuff either. And yeah. seeing Jordan Elsey coming in. Well, in t- uh, coming into that game, I just had really bad flashbacks. Yeah, that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, well, the, only, the only thing I'd, I'd offer as a sort of, I guess, as an opposing view of that is that 
they're not the only t- they're not the only team that have had a fade out. Like, so I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not the end of the world. Oh, oh, oh absolutely not. No, yeah, abso- yeah. absolutely not. That's what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that it's not this this problem of sort of the fading out doesn't seem to be just specific to the raw. But I think everyone seems to be pinpoint jumping on the raw for that. Like you look at it's because yeah, they've had the worst example of it. That's it why probably, it probably is. Yeah. You're also, right, you've got the stereotype. They're all old stuff as well. To, no, and that's, and that's which is a narrative that's, that's been and that's run to what, death. You know, I'm sort of trying to say in a way this whole dad's army nonsense that you know is going. And, but you look at you look at Newcastle. They had that game un, under control on Sunday and see what happened. Yeah. You know, there's a few, few other clubs as well. So I just yeah, like I, look, I take your point yeah. that I think the raw there, there is a specific problem. But I just don't think it's specific to just Bristol Raw. When they get sleep. fully fully healthy and everyone's available, I think they'll be much better. It's just how quickly can they get there. I should just point out, you know, all those complaints about old people being able to run 90 minutes. I'm 28 next week, and I couldn't run 25 minutes Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's going to do it for segment one of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to segment two of the Brisbane Football Review. Back for another week. It's James Scott and Adam. We're going to look quickly at some of the other A-League games that have gone on in the past weekend. And we're going to start off with Western Sydney 2-2 against Central Coast Mariners. Mariners have to be thinking they've had a bit of an upgrade after round one, right? They're going really well, actually, the Mariners. I don't think they're as bad as anyone seems to think they are. And I didn't see this game, unfortunately, but I've heard they've played really well. So, Look, the um, the goal, the second goal that um, that, that Dana Silva scored, that that was you know, a really well-worked goal. Like 20-something an, passes, wasn't it? Yeah, and Andrew Hull's pass, yeah. and, and for Dana Silva to instinctively to run in behind, mm. is a, it was a really well-taken goal. And I think, you know, this, if they get it together, Mariners could. You know, and we, look, we did predict yeah. you know, to go finish sort of mid-table, I guess, in a way, or what we call mid-table. At the moment, there's <laughs> not going to be any record of those picks, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah oh. I don't want to shed light on that. But, but look, I actually think Mariners um, were quite good. But, uh, but equal in turn, I think... Um, I think Western Sydney, they're gonna be, they'll be a little disappointed. But then again, I thought it was one of those guys I think it deserved to be a draw, and I think you just leave it at that. You're right, we should probably delete that. <laughs> Show off social media. Uh, Whose dumb idea was that to put that out there publicly? Oh, it's dear. only round two, so. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, overall, uh, I think there's plenty of potential for the Mariners, and you could very well wind up chalking that drubbing in week one to a bad day. Also an excellent Newcastle. Yeah, but uh, either or. And truthfully, like, it just could have looked a lot worse because it was round one and it was the only thing that we actually had to go off. And they had such optimism going into that game as well. Yeah. Uh, then, big game of the weekend, I suppose. Melbourne victory against Melbourne City in the derby at Etihad Stadium. Wake up, Scott. Sorry. City, you know, Bruce Kamau again. He's in great form, isn't he, Bruce Kamau? I yes, mean, I mean, this will be, might be a bit controversial. I'd consider him for the Socceroos at the moment, but that pace running in behind, I think he's a... I think he's kicked on leaps and bounds. Bruce he's, uh, he's trebled his goal tally from last year from one to three. <laughs> yeah. But look, uh, actually, the one thing that I know that if you watch the analysis on, on Fox, I think a lot of Bruce Kamau and to a lesser yeah. extent Nick Fitzgerald, I think their success is actually drawn to Ross McCormack. I think yeah. I think he, he is... Um, He's doing a lot of stuff that, you know, it's not being rewarded, I guess, in the no. stats and whatnot. And I think Kamau and Fitzgerald are being sort of beneficiaries of that. So, I, I think, I, you know, I agree. I, if he's not sort of, you know, in, you should at least be considered. I'd be considering you know, it because yeah. you could do with that pace up front mm. for the Socceroos at the moment. And also, I suppose, just to bring it back to the raw, could you wind up seeing some of the wide players like Scopettis and D'Agostino and whatnot benefiting from 
macaroni up front. Well, that's sort of the template. I think they're executing a bit better at the moment than what the Raw are in the front third. But yeah, that's something that could absolutely happen, particularly when Borchak gets here, which we'll get to. But you mentioned the um, Bruce Kamau for the Soccer History. That actually came up on Dave Davudovich's uh, chat today. Oh, okay. oh good. No, yeah. Well, at, least, at least we're not the only nuts thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. No, we're just the only nuts in here at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's... It still might be a little bit too soon. I'm not sure I'd really want him going into that cauldron in Honduras. I just mean have him in the squad as an option off the bench if you if you needed it off the bench. Probably more so at home than away. Last 20 minutes if you need a goal, bring him on for some I pace. Guess it, I guess what it's, what it's for, for, I guess for the Socceroos, I guess staff mm. is, to, is to try and discern whether the, his form is his form or whether mm. it's because he's be, it's yeah. being benefit from you know experience of a player like mm. a Ross McCormack. So look, as as I said, you know it'd be worth worth consideration. It'd be it'd be up against someone like Rukovic who just came back into the fold. That sort of role. Mm. And I suppose also Brandon Barella who's yeah. getting some minutes overseas as well. Is it time to panic for victory yet? No. If it's no. not time to panic for the Raw, it's no. not time to panic for the victory. Well, like, they're forever copying say, us, though, aren't they? They just cannot help themselves. I was going to say, is, um, is, are they, is there some off-field issues? That we don't know? <laughs> well, that, that, seems to be, that seems to be the trend that you know, everyone wants to bag the Raw. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they, they've lost two games in a row, therefore it must be it something wrong with victory. Look, I, I just think, you know, to be honest, like said, they like the Raw, like I said... Yeah, draw, the I think they are a little bit predictable though in the way they play. Everyone can kind of see yeah. they're going to get get it quickly out to the wingers and put the crosses into Borussia and teams are defending it much better now than they have previously. Yeah, oh, so they might at, want to tweak it slightly, but yeah. Oh, look, I think yeah, it's certainly not a lost cause, but um, but yeah, like you said, it's it's yeah, they they should worry a little bit at least. I am enjoying the fact that they're struggling though. Yeah, just a little bit. But Leroy George, the midfielder, he does yeah. look good. Like I remember against Sydney. Still adapting to Australia yep. a little bit, but yeah, he's going to be good. He's got a lot of energy about his game, hasn't he? Yeah. wonder where he gets that from. Must mm. be all the coffee from the cafes down in Melbourne. Maybe. <laughs> all right. So over to Sunday's games, another 2-2 draw, Newcastle Jets and Perth Glory. Look, I, I watched um, a lot of this game and... It's good to know someone did. Yeah. <laughs> well, that part, but other than 16,000 actually showed up, which was a, a very, very decent crowd. A lot, a lot of that was, mind you, I think was promotion, not to, not to drag down yeah. you know, what the numbers. But um, but yeah, like I said, it was a, it was a decent sort of atmosphere. It was and a free ticket giveaway or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Two and a half, 3,000. Yeah. yeah. It's a great, but, it's a great but idea. Still, but then again, even idea. you take out that, you know, like I said, there's still 11,000, 12,000, which is a very, very good crowd for, for Newcastle. So, yeah. They obviously the community feel that there's something um, they build that they're building towards, but I think um, the air would have gone out when they went Adam Taggart scored that late <laughs> goal. Which look, mind you, both goals of Taggart score were very very good. And Perth, look, they they're a funny one. Um, just just judge from the game, they they seem to be like they seem to be sort of out of it and thinking, oh geez, they're they're absolutely spent. And then all of a sudden they just they. They sort of peak again, so they're they're going to be interested, especially when they go home and start playing to go and see where they're at. Question with that nose: How does Scotty mm. Neville go at centre back? Because I saw the team sheet and saw he was at centre back. Thought that's odd, but they're short on options, aren't they? Yeah, they well, they really they're really skewed on options. Um, yeah, look, he, he oh, look, he was fair. He, he was fair to be honest, but um, the like the first Newcastle goal was was from a penalty. You know, Roy Donovan, so. It's yeah, it was one of those things where look, he, he's makeshift. I think he'd be yeah. much more comfortable on the right hand side. All right, so. Going to move on to the final game of the round, which actually nobody yeah. saw. Sydney I did FC. see this one, actually. No yeah. one was there. I have to admit, I watched a little bit of, yeah. of it on TV. But, boy, Sydney FC, Wellington Phoenix. I thought the Knicks played really well. I know. Well, you them. know why? 
What's this? All the X-Raw guys. Yeah, they, they had a great <laughs> day, all the X-Raw players on the score sheet, didn't they? Can add Zulo to that for Sydney. Yeah. First goal in a decade or something. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> look, I actually, just just on that quickly, Dario Vidicic, you know, two and two now, and look, yeah. he, he's actually looking, you know, fairly decent for him. So, you know, maybe... He looks back to Dario Vidicic for a couple of years ago, doesn't he? Yeah, maybe went in the it's early good. crow and riding him off, because they, they were actually, you know, admittedly, they were, they were quite decent. And I think I, I, I think eventually he'll, they may run out, but... And I know neither of you will care since you're such Knicks haters, but they were dudded <laughs> badly in stoppage time with that, that through ball that... I think it was Hamish Watson was away mm. down the left wing. He was clearly yep. onside, and that no. would have been that would have been a three-three moment right there. Yeah, but so as, they probably as should have seen, got something out of the game. As I think we've seen with the A League, though, those one-on-one chances are no yeah. sure thing. So I'm not going to let you say that it should, that it yeah. would have been three-three. I said a three-three moment. I didn't say it would have been a goal. Uh. All right, so we're going to move on to a listener question because it's round two, and there's no point going through the ladder right now. No, and. Got a question from James Gray via email, was it? Yes, our email. Yep, so you can send emails in to... BrisbaneFootballReview at gmail.com. There you go. All right, so if we were to line up with a 4-2-3-1, we'll keep lacking legs until our fitness improves. So should we change the formation slightly to adjust? James suggests a 4-3-3 with Oxborough coming into the 11 to add additional cover to the midfield alongside Kaledia Mackay. Skipetis, Holman and Macarone playing in the front third. Scott, your it's, first reaction. It's not a bad idea to bring in extra midfield cover. My own, only concern about that is an attack. Would you lack width? Because Holman's not a winger. Yes. You might lack a bit of width there, but I don't. I certainly think the idea of bringing in another central midfield player to bring some solidity to the midfield is a valid idea. I do think midfield has been a bit of an issue yeah. for the Raw so far. It seems maybe a little bit imbalanced where you. Yeah. It's almost a bit of a four-two. Kaledi and Mackay are really the same player in a lot of ways, aren't they? I was actually going to say that, and I know Marco Monteverde actually wrote about that as well. I think he did too, yeah. it is that you know at the moment I think we really, yeah, as you said, I think Raw at the moment are almost a four-two-four mm-hmm. with you know glorified you know midfields because you know if you got Mackay and Kaledi, you know trying to control that midfield, and that's where they that's can where control. Be, I think it's more a defensive aspect that might be slightly. Yeah, but I think it's the same. And what seems to be the trend in the A League is that you know if you control the midfield, you you, know, you go on and win win the game. You know, and that's I think at the moment it's a real problem. Whereas we've got we've got decent defenders, we've got decent attackers, but that middle and that's where we miss Thomas Christensen. Yeah, yeah. just that sort of mm. guy that can I suppose mm. boss people yeah. around a little bit. Even though Mackay's the captain, yeah. you do need those vocal players outside of the person yeah. with the armband yeah. Yeah. and. Look, uh, it's uh, not look, the worst thing. And Oxborough, or dare I say, even a pepper to add some facility to midfield wouldn't actually be the worst idea in the world. No, I, I look forward to the hate for saying pepper should be a consideration, but I think Oxborough had a pepper, but either of them would be an option. You do need that sort of defensive minded yeah, body, yeah. though, because, like, again, we just keep going back to Kaledia and Mackay, both very good, but both the same player. Yeah. And, you know, not to take a shot at their stature, which is, I know, Rich Did they play from together myself. last year? <laughs> yes. But. Did, not really. No, I, I remember Christensen playing a lot with Coletti yeah. when Mackay was injured. I don't yeah. remember the two of them playing together very much. But that's kind of what I, well, what I yeah. mean. is, So, like, the two of them are fairly similar in yeah. stature as well. And, you know, when they are going against a six-foot-four defensive midfielder or something, just physics says they're going to win. Yeah, and I think I think it's like I said, you can you can have one, but not both. I think without without sufficient cut, without you can have sufficient, both, you can have but both. you need additional. That's what I mean. Yeah, you can have both in a three, but yep. not in a two. Yeah. Yep. No, I think at the moment, whether 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 you know John Elwissi intends it or not, it really is at the moment. It looks like a four-two-four formation, and it's just not it's just not working for us. I think in in, in most regards. But the other thing, like you've still got good players that can do a job. You yeah. just, I suppose, you don't need two guys to do that sort of 
midfield energizer yeah. bunny. I would say that that midfield is picking Clyde and McKay is our best available at the moment. It's just Absolutely, we need yeah. additional. It's, it's probably yeah. some additional cover behind it. Them. Yeah, well, with the way the squad is at the moment, it's yeah. almost like they're trying to put just the best eleven yeah. players yeah. on the park I know, and I make it that. work. Although you know that does still mean that. It's a good idea, yeah. though. It's certainly something it's worth considering. Yeah, no, I, look, I agree. I agree with what uh, James is saying. No, James Gray. Not our saying. James. Yeah, Mate. we never go, <laughs> we never go with what our yeah, James. Yeah, no, says. look, I, I look. I think it's certainly, especially if we're going to sort of stop the, you know, at least stop the slump. I guess mm. it's certainly something that probably deserves some merit going into um, the game on the game on Sunday because, like I said, you got you need to control the midfield because like Ronald Vargas for Newcastle. He yeah. looks like you know, you know, someone who can really. They use him just, as a number ten, don't they? They do, yeah. and, that, and I don't. I don't think having you know just Coletti and Mackay could nullify him. So I think you need to have that defensive minded, and whether that's Oxborough, Pepper, maybe even one of the th- one of the three centre backs. You know, do you, do you push Papadopoulos forward, or and or, or do you put North forward? I think that's where it needs to be because I think at the moment you've got to go with that four-two-four to a you know, basic four-three-three. I feel like Jade North probably would be the guy for that. I was just say your idea about yeah. Jade North playing right back to provide additional cover might come into play again yeah. on Sunday. I thought, yeah. All right. Well, look, when we've got a bit more time and a lot less stuff to talk about, yeah. <laughs> we can actually probably go back and look at the number of different formations that the Raw could deploy. Yep. But for the meantime, we're going to pull stumps on segment two and come back after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to segment three of the Brisbane Football Review. James Scott and Adam to take you through some of the news of the last week. And boy, you know, there's no real headlines that have come out Nothing. at all. Nothing's mm. happened. All right, so get segment three on to segment four. Yep. All right, so we're going to go on to the W League first. Pre-seasons continued with a 3-1 win over UQFC. Hong Kong international Waikie Chung scored in her first game for the Raw, in addition to Alira Toby and Leah Davidson. That's pretty good, I'd say. A good win over UQFC. That's right. Their first game of the season is away to Sydney FC next Friday night, October 27th. We're going to have a very special W League preview next absolutely. week, and we might be bringing in some uh, expert opinions. Yes, absolutely. Adam, you're out. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bonjour! <laughs> yeah, Adam's actually going on holiday next week, so... Yeah, looking forward to our W League preview and seeing how that goes. Um... Friendlies haven't really been scheduled at great times, have they? No, they have not, but oh, well. yeah. they've got to get the games in, so it's important. Oh yeah, absolutely, and I know you're not going to schedule everything so that it revolves around the A-League side, but in terms of just getting people out to the games, that's just, yeah, that, that's bad luck. It is. Um, the other thing I should also do a quick plug for while I remember, Friday I had the chance to interview Massimo Madoka for the Brisbane Football Review. So we've got well a, done on that, by the way. Thank yep. you, I... Just showed up, yeah. <laughs> and didn't swear. Thankfully, it was great to see him back in Brisbane. Actually, on absolutely, that point. yeah, he was a special guest of the club at uh, Friday night's game. And while the result wasn't ideal, good to see Massimo back yeah. in Brisbane. And mm. I think he does enjoy coming he's back. Welcome back anytime, yeah. isn't he? Really, absolutely. I mean, he's one of those players. No matter where he's gone or where he's going to go, he's always going to be Brisbane Roar. And I think, you know, I think the fans do show him, you know, a kind of respect on that matter. And when you look at probably that first decade of the Roar when we're much, much older. He and Matt Mackay really sum it up, don't they? Yeah, they are the faces of the first 10 years of the Brisbane Raw. Uh, All right, so on to the next story, which I'm just getting up on the computer now. So while you do that, I'll just quickly say the um, young Socceroos squad was named today. And there's three Brisbane Raw players in it. Jay Barnett is in, Macklin Freak and Aaron Reardon, and they've been named in a qualifying tournament which will be held, hang on, in Vietnam now, I believe? 
Yes, in Vietnam in November for the AFC Under-19 Championship Qualifiers. Which probably will impact the Youth League. It probably... Oh, should be done just before that starts, but it's possible. So they'll play Northern Mariana Islands, Hong Kong, and DPR Korea in the qualifying Phase. Which Korea is that? North or South? That's North. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking the same things I was reading it. According to the state-run media, the young Socceroos got belted 26 to nil. Yep. Can't wait to see what the actual I score think is. they've got only 26. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All matches being played in Vietnam for this group, and they will. They've got to finish top to go through to the next to yeah. the ASC final tournament, which will double as under 20 World Cup qualifying. And given we've not made it for the last couple. A lot of pressure. A lot, on of, them. lot of best importance of on this. Yeah, you think you think that that group, you know, Northern Marianas. Yeah, I hard people people will be hard to point, point on the map. Well known. Yes. All right. So we're going to move on to the under seventeen World Cup right now, where New Zealand were eliminated in the group stage after a three one loss to Mali. Evelyn Wellsmore played ninety minutes, and Oliver Duncan. I nearly said Olivier for some reason. Yeah. And Nicholas Milner were both unused subs. So He's going to start calling himself Olivia Mil- Olivia Duncan now. It's going to happen. He is. I'm taking credit. For that. <laughs> 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 All right, so, yeah, that's a tournament from the yeah. raw perspective. And we've talked about the young Socceroos. And yep. Instagram seems to be a great source of news when it comes to Eric Bortiak, doesn't it? It does. It was on Twitter, actually, last night. Oh, Twitter. Yeah. Okay. I thought I saw there was an Instagram post of him saying he's on the plane yeah. to Australia now. So we can only assume that means the visa situation has finally been sorted out six He gets weeks. here Wednesday morning, according to release from the club today. So Wednesday morning. So once you're, you're listening, listening to, this. to this episode, he will be in Australia. Yeah, I might, I might uh, drop by the airport tomorrow. Off you go. <laughs> May need a I will say, just before you, we moved on to W League quickly. Um, there was a Raw Sports Federation meeting on Saturday morning. There was a new W League supporters group called the Raw Corps. Thank so, you for reminding me for yeah, that. The coffee I'm drinking yeah, hasn't it's, quite worked. It's very interesting. There's some great ideas out there for the way they're going to try and promote <laughs> the W League games and support the team. I'd encourage people to look for them on on um. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to search the Raw Corps. That's right. Adam and I went to the first meeting a couple of weeks ago. You went on Saturday yep. once you found out the actual location. Yeah, via Ballymore. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's going to be a really exciting thing. They obviously want to try and build up the W yep. League support and try and get it as high as possible. Yeah, they've got some good ideas. I won't spoil the ideas they've got, but... No, that's what's known stuff. in the radio industry as a tease. Yep. yep. <laughs> All right, so Bortiak's here, Raw Corps. Now for the fun story. Mm. And by fun, I mean... <laughs> oh. As James just leaves the, the room, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Time to bang your head against the wall. We've been trying to this off for a while. Yeah, we've we tried to, to as long as we could. Yeah, so... On Where fr- do you want to start? On Friday night, there were rumours going around about possible off-field dramas with the Raw, yep. with bills not being paid and whatnot. That was furthered by Mark Bosnich twice on TV over yes. the weekend as well. I, I didn't see it on Saturday, but I believe it was in the pre-game, pre-game show. show on Saturday. He said it, and that's all. Yes. I did search for his comments on Sunday shootout, which I believe was pretty much the same thing he said on Saturday. In a bit more detail. Because yeah. I, I missed the Saturday comment, but saw it posted on Facebook, and it was, you know, phone on a TV, but yep. you could still make it out pretty clearly. And, yeah, then last night when we were thinking, okay, that's still all yep. rumours and innuendo, the Royal Sack Managing Director and one-time podcast guest, Mark Kingsman. Just. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was technically in the afternoon, not the evening, but yeah. W- whatever. I, I've been up since 2.30 yesterday, yeah. so. Yeah, for you it would have been night time, yeah. For me it would have been Tuesday. Mm. So, let's start with the facts of the matter. Kingsman was... Sacked. He posted on Twitter mm-hmm. saying that his employment has been terminated. So yep. that's no uncertain terms about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's leaving us all wondering what the hell is going on here. Well, 
it does. This is also the fourth CEO slash managing director to leave in the last two years. Obviously, Sean Dobson left in 2015, then Pure in 2016. Then we had Daniel Cobb Briefly. for a very brief and glorious period of time. And then Mark Kingsman came in. So they've all left in the last two years, basically. Yeah, look, it's um, from the government's point of view, which is obviously a big topic in Australian football right now. It's not, it's not a great look that you know four, four managing directors slash CEOs in the last, yeah. um, and look for various reasons. Yeah, you know, oh, just various let's reasons. Not, yeah. let's, let's not sort of assume that oh, they've all been sacked. No, they were definitely weren't all sacked. Yeah, but uh, look, at the end of the day, I think, and there's obviously been a lot of by byproduct from it, and you know, and whatnot, you know, from the news about markings and being sacked. Look, you know, we we've um, dealt with him, you know, on the show and whatnot as a as a person, you know, he's a, he's a great guy and all. You know, a lot of people have had interaction with Marking as well, not yeah. just not just us, because he's been at all the um, Raw Sports Federation meetings. He's very active on yeah. social media as well and engaging with the fans. That so. is the one thing that I think hmm. will like whoever does replace him is going to have a lot to live up to. Yeah. Is the level of engagement he had yeah. with the yeah. fans like? Look, let's be honest. We're three idiots sitting around a table talking, and he actually yep. took the time to engage yeah. us and take yep. us seriously. Then he met us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but look as well. But there's also not his greatest move. He's also, he's also got his detractors and uh, and whatnot out there. And to to those people, I say, you know what? You've been ra- railing campaigning this for a while on social media and whatnot. You know what? You got to wish. Now what? Because Chris Fong's back. Yeah, Chris Fong's back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and and I would hope that you know people might want to look at their interactions on social media and whatnot when he left, and and maybe they might want to recant that because I know he, I think if he thinks that he can come back and put on the charm offensive, there are still a lot of people. Well, that I was thinking about this still... today. When was the last time we saw Chris Fong? Was it act? Was it at the John L. Lucy introductory press conference two and a I half years ago? Yeah, I think that's the last time we saw Chris Fong and involved in an active Brisbane Raw. And look, the one thing I will say, like David Pure and Mark Kingsman, yeah. they yeah. both did a fantastic did an job just job, getting yeah. the club back on its feet. Absolutely. Like, until what last week we were joking, oh, it's been so nice that it's been relatively yeah. drama free. Yeah. yeah, remember and, that joke we made on the preview show? Yeah, <laughs> but consider like where the club is now from where they started mm. off as. It's it is kind of disappointing to see the possibility that this might all wind up being for nothing and they're back to square one where they were a while ago. Now, we don't know that it's that bad yet either, by the way. No, no, no. That's it. But just sort of working as, you know, you've got to bring in some... Like, even if it's not, you've still got to bring in someone new. They've got to acclimatise yep. themselves. Even if they're coming from a fan's perspective with a bit of business experience, they've still got to go, all right, well, this is how the rule's set up. This is what they've got to do to get it right. There's also limited actions you can take at this point of the season as well. Yes. As a CEO, there's not much you can change right now Mm. at this point. Look, the one thing that I think uh, we haven't gotten the run sheet, but it does bear mentioning is essentially confirmation that it was in fact the Rebel Sports deal that appears to have been taken off the raw by the FFA and partnered with the W League. Yes, that's a great deal for women's football <coughs> and the W League, but... Not great for the raw. No, not great A-League, for the raw. A-League, W League and Youth League. Yeah. As a club, like, mm. it, it was a national well-known sports retailer. I think we kind of hinted yeah. at this l- last week because <laughs> it yeah, definitely wasn't going to be Amart. <laughs> but it you does... You used that of, joke on the show last week, actually. I know, that's what I mean. <laughs> oh, you know, like we have enough listeners that they'll remember. Yeah. <laughs> but it is that sort of mm. thing of... <sighs> How's it all developing, and can we really, yeah, feel great about this? Because, look, I'll admit, you know, we all like Kingsman here. We do have a bit of a bias yeah. about this. There were a few. He did issues. a good job. Yeah, exactly. He that. did a good job. It's fair to say that there were a couple of issues that the fans had with him. Like, 
I do know there was some criticism for how closely he associated himself with the Raw Supporters Federation, but, you know, that was just... A, you're never going to have 100% of the support of the fan base no. from about two minutes after you're announced. No. And, look, I do think the club is going to miss him, and... And I, I can yeah. kind of understand the reaction as well, because people are automatically thinking back to a couple of years ago, and then you add in the slow start to the league. I can kind of understand why so many people are worked up about it, to be honest. I can see that, see why. Oh, yeah. And it's just, if it was just this, okay. Yeah, well, in isolation, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. But add everything together that's going on. And a fan base that, even going back a couple of weeks, we did say, you know, there is still a lot of, I suppose, mental scars yeah. on the dramas of previous off-seasons when, yep. like, you got to remember, 2011, where the owners handed back the licence the day after they won yeah. the grand final. Exactly. It's not as though this is just all little drama. This has been a steady thing. Yeah. And, look, the fact that they're still functioning, I think, is, you know, a borderline miracle after all the junk that's gone on in the last five, ten years. But it's a good sign, I suppose, that... I suppose they know I how to know deal today, with it I didn't know today, actually, that... Um, I think it was Chris Fong was quoted in saying that the Bakaris are committed to the long term for the Raw still. So if people are thinking that this could lead to a sale, I think you might be a bit but, disappointed. But, but also as well, the thing is that yeah, look, it is it is a change of top, and you know, and what and you know, with Mark Kingsman being being sacked for lack of a better term. But at the end of the day, I just I. I question whether you know how's what's this got to do with the football department? And this is this is a two these are two separate issues. It's got nothing you know? to do with the football department. Exactly, really. and I, but I think people are sort of saying are trying to put a link to the both. You know, we we saw we were sort of joking off air before about you know how John Elwesi got the dreaded you know board board of uh, yeah. you know board's approval <laughs> vote of confidence, but the yeah. vote of confidence. But the thing is that if this is very very different to to Europe and all that. You know, yeah. the football department sort of in a way sort of stands alone as such, and you and there'd be there's no excuses for the players to to sort of you know to be moping around and carrying on and not performing yeah. on on Sunday. Yeah, it's this, 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 yeah. This, this is a problem that you know the club at you know. You know, at Ballymore in the offices. Look, I understand that they're going to be that there's going to be some, you know, some effect and whatnot. But you know, yeah. at the end of the day, there are no there are no excuses. It you shouldn't know. affect the football department yeah. too much. And Ben Kalfala kind of hinted at that today, didn't mm. he? Yes, he did. I'm just going to scroll back up to that. Yeah, Ben Kalfala said at a media conference this morning, uh, he doesn't care about the Raw's latest off-field drama and tips won't bother new acquisition Eric Bortiak either. Uh, this is a direct quote: "Why? That's life. It happens." We're lucky to be soccer players. We're lucky to play for this club. It happens in every job. Your boss could get sacked tomorrow. If I'm not good, I'm not going to have a contract. It's not our business. I don't know what happened and I don't care. I don't want to know. The only thing I want to focus on is training on the pitch here. We just have to concentrate on football. And that's exactly what they should be focusing on. And in yep. truth, those two guys probably would have seen worse than this Absolutely. Yes. in European football well, anyway. Well, Eric Bortiak, how he got to here. Yeah, exactly. That's was, a good point. You know, well, you know, that, that was pretty traumatic in itself. Yeah. So, look, at the end of the day, you know, these people who are trying to put two and two together, you know, knock it off. It's mm. not, like I said, there are no excuses for the players not to show up on mm. Sunday against the Jets just because we'll Martin got sacked. No, yeah. but that's the thing. Like, I feel like overall, Kingsman was quite popular with the fans. But the right. majority thereof. Yeah, there, yeah. There, there are pockets out there that were really, you know, anti. But then again, like I said, but there are mm, there were pockets that were against a lot of like, ma- former managing directors. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff, that's the thing. So. Like, well, even going back to what I said before, you're never going to have 100 percent of the fan no. base on side. Like, even when the Raw were sitting on top of the table, like 
I'm just going to go off on a tangent here. Remember when they were all sitting on top of the table and having their undefeated streak and there were still a few morons saying, oh, Ange Postacoglu sucks as a coach, Thomas Broach is overrated, and they're no good. I really, really miss those days. Can we go back to that year? Because well, I remember that Can was we when I was sitting in the den. Can please go back in the time to that year? I remember that was when I was sitting in the den and there were people like around me screaming at the top of their lung saying, Do, play better. And this is when they're in the middle of their yeah. like, undefeated streak. They weren't so, winning by five goals. What do you, what do you want? Yeah, exactly. So, oh, look, look, win five nil. Come I just, on. But I just want to say quickly, sorry, just just one one point, just to add to that point. You know what? And just just so many of those those people that were anti markings. You know what? That's their right. Yeah. I, 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 I will I will preface that. No one's telling you either. You must love that, or you must love Chris Fong afterwards, or whatnot. But then That's again, bring happen. something constructive to the table. Like it's having no manager director at the moment. How is that good for the club? Unless there's a plan, and they do need to address that quickly. Yeah. I think. Bring and I, and no, I'm, I'm, as we we're talking yeah. Paul, I don't know if there is a plan. No. Other than no, this is a reactionary. Oh, get rid of Mark Kingsman. Now what? And look, and there are a couple of things that Kingsman did, which I can understand the criticism of him for. I might not agree with it, but yeah. I'm really not going to bother getting into a Twitter slanging match because, yeah. frankly, it's no fun. You get into enough Twitter slanging matches anyway. You don't need another one. <laughs> yeah, but that's because I'm arguing with idiots and it's fun okay. getting down to their level. But the yeah. good, thing, good thing is idiots You, you do realise that saying about you argue with idiots. You do know that saying, right? Oh, you yeah. argue with idiots. Low-hanging fruit, just yep. right out of there. All right, so we are going to finish off this segment with a statement from the Raw Supporters Federation, which was issued just under an hour ago. So the Federation has been in direct communication with the Raw in relation to the recent upheaval at the club and expressed our disappointment at the manner events unfolded and seeking some clarity and assurances relating to the immediate stability of the club. This statement is available on their Facebook page, by the way, if I'm confusing you with my reading ability, which I might. Uh, Whilst the situation remains rather dynamic, to say the least, we were provided with assurances that stability will be returned to the organisation within this week with the appointment of a key advisory board members and a new CEO. Announcements on key appointments will be made at the appropriate time and we're expecting a new CEO announcement before the Jets game on Sunday and advisory board members early this week. In line with the objectives within our constitution, the RSF will also be requesting fan representation on the advisory board at the earliest opportunity and will seek meetings with the new CEO board and no one backery as soon as possible. I'm not sure they're going to get that last part, but it's, it's encouraging that there's going to be movement quickly on this. I don't... We'll have to if see who... Is, yeah. We'll have to see who who they bring in as new CEO, but they certainly need to bring someone in quickly just to calm this down because this is this yeah. is not the sort of situation you want going into an important home game on Sunday. And this is, I suppose, technically one of those times where the RSF have a chance to show yeah. what they're worth. Like, we're all pretty solid supporters of them yeah. and what they hope to do as it... Yeah, but mm-hmm. with with this, but I think given the situation and all that, I don't think if railing for a position on that advisory board this time, and I say the word at this time, is the right thing. This is not an issue for fan representation and all that. What you need at the moment to bring stability to the club, if if it's needed, is you know people that actually know business. Now, if if though if if the appointed person actually has a you know has a degree or has you know experience, then well and good. But just to say, oh, we want to be on, on the board because we think we want to be heard, I don't think it's a time for the fans to, to worry about the governance of the club. It's time for the fans to worry I about... I think it's time, to, I think it's time to worry about the governance of the club. I think it's certainly mm. it's time to worry about it, but I don't, yeah. don't necessarily agree that they should have a yeah, no. board like on said, this why, board. Why like, are they getting out there on Sunday and actually supporting the, the boys on the pitch, not, not now worrying about what's going on in the boardroom? My point on that is, before 
there is a proper fan representation within the organisation of the club, I think you need to get a fan base that is much more united than what it is now because there yeah. are a lot oh, of... Yeah. No, absolutely. There's just too much division that's right now. Point, and so. You yeah. want fan representation, that's fine. You're going to need the fans to be just a little bit more united. Like, still, you're going to have countering opinions and whatnot. That's but, fine. Yeah. Countering opinions is fine as long as there's but, one united voice at the end of it. It's like, not really that at the moment, Yeah, some of the out-and-out attacks are pretty... And that's on, and I think right. we spent too much time talking about some of these attacks anyway. That's right. It's just me. All right, so that's going to do it for segment three. Boy, wasn't that fun, guys. <laughs> and we're going to come back and talk about this Sunday's game against the Newcastle Jets. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to the final segment of the Brisbane Football Review, episode nine for season two. It's James Scott and Adam here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network, and we've got actually a surprisingly big game to talk about on Sunday, haven't we? It's just a little bit, actually. It's become a really important game. Yeah. The way it's started, so. We've got the high-flying Newcastle Jets coming to Suncorp Stadium, a place where they won last year. Nice pun, by the way. Oh, yeah, that was actually <laughs> unintentional. <laughs> Normally, I'm very good with my puns, yeah. and... Say, that was, was so good we didn't even realise it. No, it's just so seamless. Yeah. Adam, what are you looking forward to on Sunday? Well, not being actually, here to actually uh, <laughs> watch the game for starters might be uh, might be a challenge. But look, uh, if I was if I was here, um, well, actually, I was trying to use this as a uh, start up to get us into some plugs because if you want to get in contact with us and say have fun on your holidays, Adam, how can you get in touch with us, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> That's gold. Well played, That's James. Gold. <laughs> That's this is a, why I'm hosting. That's a stitch up for a few weeks ago when I got you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's um, Twitter at Raw Review, Facebook Brisbane Football Review, uh, podcast, iTunes and Wooshka. And through the Daily Football Show Fan Network. Also, you've got um, email brisbanefootballview at gmail.com. We yep. welcome everyone's questions if you'd like. And also, you can go and talk to someone at Fan Cams. We shall remain nameless. Yes, I'll be the guy in the orange jersey yeah. at the Wally Lewis statue this Sunday, I think. Yeah, maybe. But maybe. But yeah, uh, stop by win, lose or draw. We'll have a chat. Honest, yeah. Like, I, I will say this: it's not my idea to make you look like an idiot, unless you want to look like an idiot by doing a conga line in the background of an uh, interview. Oh, come on, that was good. James <laughs> just makes himself look like an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, that was actually we had some fantastic reactions, which yeah. were great mm. on Friday, considering the. Result the last in the minute. I must say, yeah, people at least were a bit jovial. I was expecting, uh, you know, doom and gloom, or not, but at least a few people they disappointed, but you know what? They're still having fun. That's the important thing. That's right. So, Wally Lewis statue on the Northern Plaza at full time. Please come along. Because <laughs> we had a few nervy moments there. <laughs> but yeah, it'd be great to get some more people on our fan cams, and yeah, it's just a bit of fun. And so. Before that, the reason we've got the fan cams is, of course... Thanks for the... stitch up, by the way. That was great. It's all right. It was a good one. So, yeah, if you were able to watch the game on Sunday, Adam, what would you be looking forward to? Look, I th- obviously <laughs> looking for a bounce back from the rule. Mm. I think that's the most important thing. You know, at the end of the day, the results may not be there, but the performance at the moment is sort of key to it all. Look, you got you got to hope that you know they've, they've got a, they've got a few home games in a row, and they need to step up and they need to perform. On the other hand, um, Newcastle, even despite you know, you know, drawing in the last minute, I think they're they're, they're formidable, and, they're, and Suncorp's a place that they hold no fears. A bit like Adelaide. Is Wellington a home game? Is it? Because they're Wellington, Wellington next week. You said a few home games upcoming. Wellington the, next this week. This is the middle of a three and four home yeah. game run. Yeah. The second. I will. Uh, 
Oh, just quickly on that, yeah. like, I was looking at the season draw because we've got the fridge mag- magnet from the membership yeah. pack. I wonder what you were looking at over there, actually. Yeah. And, well, because it's good. Like, the home games are in orange, so yeah. you can actually pick it out from all yeah. over Gee, here. Your eyesight's too good. Oh, I'm just looking at the colours. <laughs> but um, you can see, like, there are lots of blocks of orange here, so there's yeah. going to be a few long away trips and a few home stands. Mm. And I feel like this is the sort of game where they need yeah. to get three points if they want it to be is. in the next oh, it, it really April. is. Because a few stats. So the, this is a current six-game losing streak back to last year. If you count FFA Cup and Champions League, that's the longest the Raw have ever had. I the previous look- was five, and that's just now six. And the Raw have only once ever lost their first three games in the A-League season. Yes. And after when you pointed out the six-game losing streak, I went, ah, oh, that's crap. That's yeah. not right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So those games were, of course, there was the semi-final in Melbourne. Yep, the two the, Champions League games. I thought there was uh, only one Champions League game. One Tong and, not Cashman, the other Korean team. That's right. And Ulsan. Then there's, Ulsan. That's right, and then there's yep. FFA Cup and then the two games. A-League games, yeah. There we go. So, um, yeah, that's not great. But for me, what I'm looking for above all else is progress. Now, look, yeah. I did say last week, relating to the Antipostokoglu criticism, football is a results business first and foremost, I want a result. Yeah. We absolutely need a result. But if we're going to be finishing in the top echelons of the table, a result this weekend isn't really negotiable. I feel like this is actually going to be tied in with the performance, yeah. where if you see the progress that was made between rounds one and two, if that sort of similar improvement happens between rounds two and three, I think that's going to work out quite well. Now, the one thing that does concern me right now is you saw Macaroni get on the score sheet. I'm not sure how he's going to go against Nigel Bugard and Nikolai Topol Stanley because their strength is in their height and size, and that's what Macaroni's strength is. Now, you've got the Serie A experience, which those two don't have, but where's the line going to be? It could help him, though, because if he's going to make runs in behind the defence, neither of those defenders are very quick either, so there's a potential advantage back the other way there. I think I saw in FIFA one of them has like a 34-rated pace. Yeah, both of them combined. Which I'm sure they're not happy with, but... I, I look. I think the key to all actually might be on on the wings. You know, the yeah. spin the wings. I think Scapettis, you know, might be one if you if you're playing the um, goal scorer markets on the various bookies. You know, uh, that, that he might be not one, mentioning think, any in particular. Yeah, no. I like one above the other. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> I'm members of all of them, so <laughs> I'll take I'll take my pick. But um, yeah, I think I think actually the wing the wing play might be where you know it comes through. And you know, I think you're right. I think Macaron might. Macaron might actually be, you know, nullified a bit. I think the key is in the midfield, where we talked about it in segment two. We talked about the midfield with potentially, before. potentially mm. bringing in another midfield player. I think that's the key you mentioned. Adam mentioned Ronald Vargas. Shutting him down mm. is going to be absolutely crucial. And I think the midfield could play a huge part in this game because they've been a little bit overrun in that area yep. the first two rounds. That's where you're looking for that improvement, I guess. So we are recording this Tuesday night. It's a little bit earlier yeah. because someone selfishly is going on holidays for his birthday. Yeah. And... <laughs> I think, you. yeah, Adam says, Adam just has a smug smile right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, come on quick, <laughs> I'm on holiday time. <laughs> yeah, so what? Let's drag this out then, shall we? Yeah, so <laughs> where? <laughs> to try and remember what I was actually on about. Yeah, but, So yeah, it's Tuesday night, so still a fair way to go to the game, so yeah. we haven't got squads or anything, no. but for me, I would be very curious to see if they maybe bring Mitch Oxborough in. It's possible. Probably for Coletti, just because I don't think you're going to pull off Matt Mackay as the captain. Okay. Like, if it was a 50-50 call, yeah. which I do think Matt Mackay would probably have the inside track to start anyway. And he's club captain if yeah, he's playing. Which is nothing against Coletti, but 
you might wind up seeing Oxborough start and play yeah. in that sort of defensive midfield role. I think you'll definitely see Brett Holman start. Yeah. Yep. As opposed to Nick D'Agostino, that'll be one. I'm interested to see if Jack Hingett is that's... restored back to right back in his natural position. And if he is, which central defender would miss out? That's something that'd be interesting to watch as, we the, sele- think, as the selection yeah. comes in. We saw in round one it was actually Luke Devere that yeah. missed out, but I thought Devere was quite good on Friday so nights. Nice. And I think it would be very hard to justify... <laughs> As we're talking about yeah. Papadopoulos, the one player was substituted on Friday night, as probably not up to speed yet. I normally well. don't do this because we all know how much weather forecasts can change, but just talk so for I a second. I believe it's meant to be another week. Oh, look, at, look, look, that's okay. Well, we can. Well, yeah, James just, doing what he's yeah, doing. This will be good. Um, look, I think um, it's a difficult one because, like I said, you've got three, you got three centre backs trying, trying three to two. Is this a horses for courses thing where, you know, what do you play? I actually think that, you know, Papadopoulos might be the one to miss out. You've restored Jack Hingott to right back and you go with um, Devere. And, Seems like um, he's kind of tried to play Papadopoulos the first couple of rounds to really get him up yeah. to speed because he's views him as such an important just, part of the team. Bit, it's a little bit unbalanced, yeah. I'm really interested to see which of the three so play this week. Yeah. meant to be 23 in a little bit of rain. So. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, so I might not be in my raw... <laughs> I think I might be in a jacket or something. Anyway, it's a... Yeah, okay, so it's not going to be anywhere near as unpleasant yeah. as Friday night, I hope. We also have to mention quickly the Borsiak. Possibly well, he's uh, arriving Wednesday. Does anyone expect him to play on uh, Sunday? You stole shocked. my question, yeah. you prick. <laughs> Get in there. Because <laughs> yeah. I think it's. I think he'll probably be kept b- back until the home game against Central Coast in round five. Yeah. I think so too. Because like, I don't see... I think he'd want him to have a week's full training in the team. And you could maybe play him against Wellington next week, but I'm thinking round five against And quite Mavis. honestly, I kind of want him to learn the names of the players that he's playing with. I know he knows Ben yep. Kalfala, yep. but I'm not quite sure. He's had plenty of time to research the names over in France. Come on. Yeah, yeah well, it's a good thing he showed up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, I think, I'm hoping the closest that Eric Borthiak actually gets to is that you now he's introduced to the crowd before the game. Yeah. I, 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 would, I don't think, I think it might be too soon to have him actually suit up yeah. and involved. Well, we don't know what training, I assume yeah. he's been doing some sort of training over in France on his own. We don't know what sort of shape he's going to be when he gets here. I think that's probably going to be the determining factor. Yep. If he's fully fit and ready to go, you certainly consider putting him on the bench. Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, and last one, uh, we'll get to the prediction in a little while. We've just got to go quickly through the other round three fixtures. Adelaide United against Melbourne Victory Friday night. That's Talk a about m- a big game for a side needing a win. That's yeah, that's, victory here. that's wow. not the game you want if you're a Melbourne Victory right a- now. Adelaide Oval Friday yeah. night. Jeez, I'll tell you Their what, Victory need game. a win. Not, Adelaide's yeah. flying at the moment in yeah. Victory. I, I don't necessarily think they're going to lose. I just, yeah, they're pushing it uphill very, to try and win this very game. Very real prospect that victory will be 0-3 after you know, after Friday night. And that, no one I don't think saw coming. That's, but it's tough for them at the start of the year, always, because these games get scheduled at the start. They've got the Sydney game, the, Vic, the Sydney derby in Adelaide. That's three. That's almost three derbies back-to-back for them. So not a, not the easiest start for them, but and who cares? Daily Football Show... Well, Herald Sun via Daily Football Show, I saw a story today that James Donachie is set to be ruled out until 2018. How's that, by the way? They just made Torn their third, they made their third oh. sub on Saturday night and he just does his quad 30 seconds later. That's just, that's just, that's just the luck. Of well, that's kind of like Daniel Bowles last yeah. year doing his ACL yeah. after the last sub yeah. he made against City. Yeah, that's true. It, it's one of those painful yeah. things. And then the next game, we've got Saturday, uh, Melbourne City against Wellington Phoenix. Got to be City here. Oh, you reckon? I think Wellington are a pretty good value on Sunday against Sydney, and if they bring yeah, that, but I think Well, I think it, City are actually looking really. good. It'd be a good test to City though, because are they 
Melbourne City of previous years where they were up and down because they're an up and down team again. This is a game that Wellington could absolutely trouble them in. Yeah, so but it's a good test for Melbourne City, but I, I think Wellington yeah. might do something in this game. Yeah, I think I think City might just edge it, but look, uh, no, I think Knicks will actually put up a bit of a show. I, I think I think you're right. I think the I've turned Wellington into a Knicks fan, kind of. Oh, it's not fandom <laughs> at all. It's just it's just, a, just it's an analysis. A non-Knicks <laughs> hater, anyway. <laughs> no, look, I think I think they'll go right, but I think City might just edge them. All right, and then we've got the Derby, Sydney FC against Western Sydney Wanderers, which Scott is. Probably the most excited person here about. I'm sick of these derbies. Eat sick of these derbies, honestly. I'm actually. I little... think Wanderers will. I think Wanderers might win this game though. Uh, well, I don't think they'd want to lose it. No, I, don't, I think they just might win this game for some reason. I just, I can't pick why. I just think they might win this game. I, uh, you never know, but Sydney have looked pretty yeah. good so far, and the Wanderers have as well. Of, of the of the two derbies in like Melbourne Melbourne derby last week Sydney derby this would be the one I would have been looking for. I'm more this interested is, in this game than this last is, week. Yeah, but, yeah. I, look, this is uh, I. Yeah, it's it's a tough one, and like I said, I know for me, there's a, a lot of fancy points on the line this game yeah. as well because you know half the half the squad. But look, I, I think it'll be a draw, but I think it'll be entertaining game. I think you know there's going to be a few sort of, you know, statements made, but I think it'll be a stalemate in the end. I do kind of think you're on something though, Scott. Like there's a little bit of big Saturday night fatigue. I know they've got to come on to yeah. Channel 10 with a big, mm. yeah. or one, with a big sort of boom, but... Just the promotion around these couple of games is so massive and it drops off for everything else. Just That's right. And then Sunday after the Raw game, Perth, shockingly, have a home game <laughs> against the Mariners. It's their first one of the year. Yeah. I oh, know, it's what, gone, what, two weeks without They've had their two away games miracle. for the year. Yeah. Now there's just time for the rest of the year. That's right. Um, yeah. Who are they playing, by the way, did you say? The Central Mariners, according to the run sheet. Oh, good. That's a good. That's, <laughs> that? a, that's their new name, the Central Mariners. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, it's a good game, actually, because the Mariners have been an interesting side this year. That's right. Uh, just quickly, before we get on to our raw predictions, we should do a quick plug for our Fox Sports. Uh, oh, do we have to? Predictions and... Uh, fantasy <laughs> yeah, league. you would think that, but <laughs> just purely because I want to point out, Scott's done a fantastic thing with his uh, former Raw 15 squad, where his entire fantasy team is every a players that have left the Raw. Do you know why I've done that though? Because there are that many former Raw players in the A League. That, and, and now I don't have to worry about it for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and we and we actually and we actually didn't talk about it for years trying. Yeah. to we've actually finally can get one under the cap. Mm. Mm. You got. I think Jason Gary's in there. You got to cheat. He's only a former youth player, not an A League player. But he was on the bench for one game. I'm fairly certain. He might have been, but yeah, yeah. Never made his debut. So but he's unfortunately, good you've got Nichols did not play. Acton did not play. Wallace <laughs> did not play. Did not play. <laughs> Great. And, uh, and Dario Vitasic making up. Oh, and Luke Bratton did not play. Is Vitasic in there? Is he? Yeah. Oh, good. At least someone did something this weekend. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. And funnily enough, you're not sitting last in the league either. All right, so let's get on to <laughs> the host tips for this weekend, which is a home game against... Who was it against? Newcastle. Newcastle, that's right. I'm very sorry. It's been Those a... high-flying jets, as you called them. That's right. All right, so we're going to start with Adam. Your pick before you go on holidays and leave the country. Possibly uh, not get left back. In. Yeah, <laughs> Depending on how, what that. the prediction is here. Yeah. Uh, look, I think it will be raw 2-1. 2-1 win. All right. Scott? I'm going with old reliable. one all. 1-1. I'm actually genuinely very scared about this game. And I, I think the Jets, understand why. I think the Jets are going to win at 3-1. So, yeah, I wish I was feeling a lot more confident, but I feel like this is just a bad spot for the Raw against the Jets side that is going to be very, very confident. And based on how we saw them play in Brisbane last year, I think they're, I think they're going to get a job done. Has and Scott, no one has, on the Raw is going to speak to you this week after that. 
Yeah, well. <laughs> has, has, has Scotty got any... It'll be uh, just be like any, my home life, Any the three Jets players in the former... In his team? Yeah, he's got uh, Lachlan Jackson. Oh, yeah, of course, he, of course he would be. <laughs> of course he would be. And uh, you might have had Petrados, but I've gone off that. Okay. Yeah. And also Joe Champness as well. I don't think... Yeah. Oh, that's it. Thank you. I will log in now, bring Champness in. There you go. Ah, there you, you go. go. I will make one change for the year. <laughs> All right. That's going to be it for this, this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Adam, have fun on your holiday. Yeah. Yeah, have Au revoir fun. to you guys. I'll see you in, in, in just over two weeks' time. Yep. Yeah, that'll be fun. And Scott? We'll see you next oh, week. Yeah, I'll see you next week, yeah. Actually, all. We'll Maybe. I might, I might just go on holiday by the weekend as well. You never know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If we have another, another dramatic-filled week, I think we're just going to need to do a show lying down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's me. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope to see you at Fan Cams on Sunday. This has been the Brisbane Football Review.